Welcome everybody to They Cast from the Coast. My name is Adam Oz and I'm joined as always by Josh Lambert and Tim Johnson. Thank you very much for joining us with this live edition of They Cast from the Coast where we're going to talk about a great movie tonight and audio copies of the uh, the podcast will be available later. But once again, uh, live and we're live on Twitch and YouTube at this point. So uh, thank you for joining us once again. And Tim, please yes. regale us with what we are going to talk about tonight. We are going to talk about a movie that we've been kind of hyping up and getting interviews for and stuff over the last, I don't know, what, two years? About that, yeah. A year? Um, we're going to talk about 13 Fanboy. Stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Staying with us here. And Tim, please provide us with a synopsis of this movie. Well, an obsessed fan stalks his favorite actors from the Friday the 13th films and beyond, mirroring his idol, Jason Voorhees. Mirroring his idol, Jason Voorhees. So... You're right, Tim. Uh, we've been we've been pushing this movie ever since it was first. Actually, even before it was officially announced, um, we started this pu- pushing this movie because the absolute amazing and sweet Deborah Voorhees, uh, who we are big fans of, um, announced that she wanted to make this movie originally. Uh, we have a great interview with her. Check it out on the YouTube page. Basically, she. We have she, two. We have two interviews with her about this. One, one, one when we were just talking to her and she was starting to talk about this. Another one for kind of like on the road to thirteen fanboy as it is. Um, and we also interviewed uh, Haley Greenbauer and um, yeah, it, it was it was Jennifer Banco. Uh, yeah, and Jennifer Banco. We did that. We did interview her too. Um, the big thing was is that in the interview, and there's way more detail. So please do check that episode out. Uh, basically, Deborah describes to us that this was based on a real life somewhat encounter uh she she tells us a story about uh, scary stalkers and and the shit that her and a lot of her friends from the fandom and from from the groups have had to deal with and the stories range from things like opening up a mailbox and finding like fucking dead animals that were left there for them with weird notes and shit it, it crazy stuff crazy fucking stuff you know just thinking about people like that out in this fucking world it's kind of freaky um so she she kind of got hit with some inspiration said that she wanted to write this and she wanted to write this based on you know 
what if a fan took it too far? You know, what if there was an obsession that went just that step too far where it was no longer just talking of doing something, stuff actually occurs. Um, and the wonderful thing is that she managed to bring in a plethora of, of alumni from the Friday 13th film. And like you had said, you know, for the synopsis and beyond, um, because this also stars in, in a very poignant position, um, D Wallace, who we all know and love, you know what I mean? From, from classic movies like ET and stuff. Right. So it's like, you know, here we have, you know, her playing this in this role too. So, you know, there's obviously a big friendship going on. There's, there's all kinds of information, uh, you know, that that's being shared here about stalkers and, and, and the scary shit that's going on behind mm -hmm. this. Um, the movie itself, the story kind of digging into that just once again, just a little bit deeper. So the movie starts with Deborah Voorhees playing herself. So every, every person who plays himself in this movie plays a quote unquote variation of themselves. Cause obviously there's a killer on the loose and knocking people off. So the movie starts with Deborah Voorhees and some information about, um, a stalker and she, she knows that things are possibly taking itself too far and she gets killed. And now we get introduced to an older version of her granddaughter, which was in the beginning, played by Haley Greenbauer, uh, a young Mrs. Voorhees at this point. And um, she's at this point kind of grown up pretty badass. She's like an MMA instructor and fighter and all kinds of things. And she's beginning to see that the stalker has never stopped. So this is, you know, a few years later and the stalkers never stopped and starts to kind of go after more people in her life and then eventually her. So all around, uh, the main characters that we have in here, just kind of touching base on this for a second. So we got D Wallace, we got Ron Sloan, who plays absolutely one of my favorite characters of all time in the Friday the 13th films, Junior. Uh, um, then we got, you know, obviously Deborah Voorhees herself. We got Haley Greenbauer as her granddaughter. Um, we have CJ Graham, what CJ Graham, CJ Graham, uh, Kane Hodder. Hodder, Jennifer Banco. Um, yeah. And we got <laughs> Vincent DeSanti who we know and love. We love Vincent here. Uh, the guy's, the guy's just an absolute genuine fellow fan. And, uh, we've enjoyed many conversations with Vincent, um, you know, coming, coming off of everything that he's done for the Friday 13th franchise with never hike alone, never hike in the snow. He was given a good opportunity to jump on board with a bunch of alumni. Cause a lot of people now consider him part of that, that troop, right? Like what he's done. Do you want to know who I was disappointed though? Who's that? Wasn't in it. Yeah. Tom um, I remember a story. Um, I think Deborah had actually told us a story that Tom was originally like signed to do this, or he was going to do this. He was agreeing to do it. And then something came up and he couldn't do it. So she, she had said something about, you know, oh. uh, you know, they had had conversations afterwards. There was like some forgiveness to the fact, but it's, you know, at the time they didn't know why he wasn't going to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of alumni. She could only get who she could get, but. She got a lot. <laughs> oh, I mean, the fact, like, I mean, Tracy Savage, Tracy Savage, Lara Park Lincoln, like, like, she's, she's, Corey fucking she Feldman, collected, guys. like, it, 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 I know, I know, but like, the fact that she was able to get, like, pretty much every, she hit the, she hit the notes. final girl, like, <laughs> she, yeah, she, yeah, she almost got all of them. Um, I can't remember the, who's the final girl? Adrian in, King. 
the original. I can't remember her real yeah. name. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Adrian King actually dealt with a real stalker, I believe. So this might have yeah, been a little I think too close to home. She was maybe. also signed on to do that other, I think Jason Rising, I think it was. Or Friday, or something like that. It was another film that she right, was doing, right, another right, fan right. film and stuff. So yeah. So there's all kinds of little things like that. But you know what? Right. The beauty is, is that a movie like this being so meta, yet so realistic and so, you know, in, in, in you know, in touch with the realities of being a horror movie star like this, there's always an opportunity for some sort of a furtherment in story here. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily 13 fanboy, exactly a part two that is, you know, a follow-up directly to this movie. It could be another 13 fanboy and another story. You know, somebody else like a copycat killer, yeah. like Scream yeah. did and stuff like that, right? So there's right. other alumni from right. all kinds of different series, and Tom Matthews could make a comeback, to, or could make a come to the series and all kinds of stuff. There's lots that can be done with this. Um, once again, playing with the whole meta side of the universe where it's like they're playing themselves, a version of themselves. She could literally almost, in 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 my opinion, cherry pick who she wanted and just say, hey, you want to play yourself dying in a movie? And she could probably almost get anybody at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, who the hell wouldn't want to work with such a great group of people like that? You know what I mean? Josh would. Josh. Josh well, would he would, just so that he'd be face. on set going, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Did you just love that? He Walter, he, he's gone all Walter White on you. Yeah. I'd have some deep pockets on <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He would agree to star in the movie just so that he could be like, well, that's not stapled down. That's not tied down to yeah. the table. <laughs> well, prop master be fucking loose in his mind. Where the hell did that go? Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, <coughs> so, so yeah. So what we have here is we have obviously like a, a, a an amalgamation of different worlds, but the story is there and and everything else. So, you know, talk about is there characters? Is there anything you guys want to talk about? Um, I, I, okay. So I really liked, I, I, I feel like the scene stealer in this whole thing was, 100%, was 100%. Haley Greenbauer. Um, I, I, I feel like she was a modern take on like the very classic eighties final girl, but she wasn't because she was, she was pretty modern, really badasses. Yeah. Like she gave me like um, serious Buffy the vampire slayer vibes, like just this super strong yeah 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 um i i i she acted the fuck Mm -hmm. out of every scene that she was in and i i i i i dug it um i felt like you know some of the other some of the other actors and i'm not gonna pick out any any names or anything but you know their performances might not have been the best but um, for me personally, I, 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 I adored, I adored Haley Greenbauer in this as uh, Kelsey. Um, I thought it was great. I thought, I, I thought her part was great. I mean, obviously D Wallace is playing D Wallace was D Wallace. Like I thought D Wallace was great too. Um, but I, I don't know. I just found like, I wish there was more time allotted to certain characters or certain actors but one thing that i did appreciate was when the certain actor would show up it would say yeah. their name like what yeah. movies i thought that was dope too that was dope i thought that little tiny like that little little detail 
um, was great. Because it was like, you know, Ron Sloan shows up and it's like, I mean, I know who Ron Sloan is, but, you know, maybe someone else was like, because he doesn't look <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Junior, you know what I mean now, right? But you immediately know, oh, Ron Sloan, blah, 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 you know? So I thought that was a great little little detail. Um, I loved seeing him at the convention with yeah. the hat on. I pissed, I just about pissed myself laughing when yeah. she slaps yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. And he goes, eh! Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So I'm, I'm going to tell you right now my biggest gripe with characters in this film. And I don't mean this to be mean in any way. I thought because all the characters were being so meta being versions of themselves, except for like Haley Greenbauer, obviously, right? I thought the most underutilized moment, and this might have been like a, a re like they had to do it this way to get them to sign, or else they wouldn't have done it, stuff like this was I thought Corey Feldman. I love Corey Feldman. I love Corey Feldman. Dude's been part of my life since I've started watching movies. Love the guy. Mm -hmm. I thought it would have been mm -hmm. so much better if it was Corey Feldman as Corey Feldman and he was a sleazy producer. Because they're being meta. They're playing variations of themselves to a point, right? Yeah, but I can see why Corey <laughs> wouldn't want to do that. I know. That's pretty bad for his image. I know. <laughs> but in my opinion, it would have been fun. Because if you're going to have a... If you're going to have a fun time making a movie like this, you want to do something fun, right? And just in my opinion, it would have been fucking hilarious to have a little bit of fun with yourself. Like me? You know, I know that's not me. I would have done something like that. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't know. In in my opinion, it's... You don't the... have a multi-million dollar contracts behind you. I know. You. <laughs> like, he could lose a lot of money with that. I, I love this character in this, and I think uh, to... I think it was fine the, the way he did it. I mean, was it would have been great if he was introduced as Corey Feldman? Sure. But I fully understand not yeah. wanting to do it, especially on a, a film, which from what I understand is low budget and most of them work probably for free. Well, the thing that I, I was just happy he yeah. was there. I was just happy he was in the movie, but I agree with you, Adam. Like Corey I Feldman. wish that it was yeah, an over the top fictionalized version. I mean, of, it, it, of I, I agree Feldman. with Josh. I see but, the point. And this is why I say I'm not like, mad by any means i was just like oh my only gripe i thought it would have been amazing in fact that would he was actually probably my favorite character in the movie aside from vincent and the reason why i say vincent was my favorite character mm -hmm. is because vincent is a fucking beast in this movie his presence yeah, when he gets he pissed is. off and gets revealed as the killer at the end i'm like oh man and just how he had the <laughs> raccoon eyes like i love the yeah. the and like and for a guy like, who's played Jason, oh yeah he was to go fucking hardcore like that yep. again i yep. was like yes my brother yeah <laughs> go for it man so but uh, but i mean like i said that, that that's just a small gripe that i had with the movie because otherwise i loved Corey feldman doing his thing and and to see yeah. him play a role and it was just like it just it warmed my heart because like See, I, I love universe building and I love character building and all that kind of stuff. So trying to piece together, okay, so Corey exists in the Friday franchise, but in this, he's not Corey. He's this other character. Vincent exists as the creator of Never Hike Alone, and he's kind of this pseudo character yeah. here. Haley's an entirely new character who's kind of been put into the metaverse as uh, Voorhees' granddaughter. All that kind of stuff is very interesting to me. And that's kind of where I we talked about this a little bit before we started, but the mask, 
So I know Tim's not super keen on the design of the mask. I'm wondering, is the mask part of a in-universe series that we don't get to see? And that's why the the uh, boyfriend had a copy of it. You know, that, that that's that's a good point. It wasn't explained. That that was that was a little bit of a confusing matter for me, um, admittedly. And I mean, it's it's not, it's not like it's terrible or anything. It just was confusing. Like, look at the... It, when people look at the picture that we use for the poster here that Tim did for the episode, from here up, the mask is fucking dope. I think what, it, what I didn't like about it entirely was just the utter rows of teeth that it had. Kind of made it look a little too cartoony on the bottom half. Because from here up, dope. Especially in red, which some of the, you know, the posters have. Do you want to know what I, I you want to, it reminds me of the mask from that Goosebumps <laughs> episode. Like, that's uh... what it reminds me of. That mask and, the, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. I'm not, I, like, I don't think it's a horrible mask. I just wish that they would have did something. It's supposed to be a tribute to Friday the 13th. Like, why don't you use a hot Obviously, they can't. They obviously can't use a legit hockey huh. mask, right? Is that trademark? Well, they they could have. Probably. Trademark to use a hockey mask? No, I don't know. Probably. Anyways, I just I wish that they would have done Jason's mask is a very simple mask, yet this mask was a little over the top. And I just mm. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of the mask. And that's what kind of took me out of really enjoying this movie. Um I, I kind of wanted to feel like there's something that got cut. Yes. I, I feel like there was like a scene or something that shows like D Wallace on the set of this film. And maybe she was like a scream queen on that film. And it's like a popular series, just like Texas Chainsaw or Friday or Freddy. Like, I, I feel like it's another one of the series in this universe. And that's why the mask kind of looks cheap because it is, it's just like a Walmart knockoff. Well, didn't they, but didn't they, um, I noticed this when it introduced Kelsey Voorhees, she had a list of movies that she was in that are probably fictionalized right. because her character is fictionalized. But regardless, Josh, whether it's an in-universe mask yeah, or you're, not, you're just talking about the design I still of it. didn't yeah. fucking yeah. like it. Yeah, I still didn't like it. But you're right. Like it could have been. There, there had to. There had to have I never been thought of that. Something that we're missing here, though, because three of us watching the movie. There's one thing that we didn't catch on to, which was the origin of the mask. But I right. seem to think, you're right, Josh, I seem to think that there's something missing here because it the mask is not just introduced with the killer. Andrew Lady's character, yeah. uh, you know, he's from Never Hike Alone and he plays, you know, Haley Greenbauer's uh, boyfriend in this one. There's a, there's a bait and switch scenario where he drops the like a mask, which is the killer's mask, basically. Yeah. And D. Wallace looks at it and she's scared and he goes, Oh, I was gonna get you to sign this. And that's where I have the assumption, like you, Josh, like there's there's something like, was she in this way in the movie? There's D. a connection to, to this. Yeah. Some fucker. Some fuckery of play. <laughs> yeah. So like there's yeah. two masks, because at first I was thinking to myself, oh, it's gonna be a bait and switch scenario. Maybe he's in on it. You know what I mean? He might not be the killer, but he might be in on it because let's not forget scenarios like in the movie Scream where Billy Loomis, you know, he, you know, the mask and he's, you know, caught with stuff and it turns out he is the killer in the end, one of the two killers. Like there could have been that, that would have been really cool too, but it's trying to figure that out. Well, and it would make sense because it it would make sense because both of them are from Never Hike Alone. Those Never Hike Alone guys going crazy. (laughs) 
It would have been funny. Um, Josh, I want to move ahead and I want to hear yeah. your notes on this movie, please. Okay. Uh, I'm fresh off the press. Like I just finished watching this like like less than an hour ago. Finished watching it off. Oh. So. Lots of fresh thoughts in my little brain. Uh, my first viewing of 13 Fanboy took place January 11, 2022 at 6.45 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I load her up. I see it's one hour, 43 minutes. That's that's impressive. I, I was expecting uh, fan film length uh, based on just what I knew about this and knew that it was basically a passion project for a lot of them. I mean, I'm sure a lot of money still went into it, but uh, from what I understand, it was mostly a passion project and all these cameos were just people that wanted to be involved. I love that uh, Deborah's production company is called Voorhees Films. And there's absolutely yeah. nothing the right owners of like Friday the 13th can do about it because that's just her name. <laughs> yep. Uh, we get some great establishing shots that, that classic driving with a drone over top of it just adds so much production value. Uh, and right off the back, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like that pitchfork was pretty legit. And that's kind of sets the tone for the film. Uh, Deborah, what are you doing leaving your granddaughter in a stop? Like, what? How was that a good idea? All right, you hide in the stump. I'm going to go chase him in the dark. Bad, bad idea. Uh, the quote from the killer, you are always my favorite. I'm pretty sure Tim said the exact same thing in the computer. <laughs> uh, like, line what? for line. What? I'm pretty sure Tim said the exact same Tim, thing. Tim was the third killer. What did I say? Yeah. Uh, I think Tim was my favorite. Um, This food, this movie really focuses on the fake out. So it's a classic whodunit. The the whole film you're meant to to guess who, who, who's the killer. And they introduce all these like super weird fucking characters uh, to make you think that it's them. So we start out with Wesley. Wesley's pretty weird. He's like this janitor guy that mops up the floor of Green Bowers, like (laughs) MMA gym. Yep. Uh, We get the very important shower scene. So it's very clear that they're pulling from like 80s horror. Deborah knows how important the shower scene is to classic horror. Uh, Wesley's a full-on creep. Uh, This has to be a fake out. It's way too early to be introducing the baddie like this. Uh, The convention scenes. What did you guys think? I love them. Me too. Fucking James Janice in it. I I couldn't believe it. That's the dude from Dead Beast. They must have like just legit went to a convention and started filming. They didn't. Like that was they a did. Set. They yeah, did. Yeah. No, no. They they Absolutely. actually they set up their own mini convention and invited all their friends and fans. <laughs> so it is kind of like a set. Yeah, kind of like set. They set it yeah, up. They, they, I was told that they oh, set that cool. up, or they were setting it up. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, in the background, we get to see House Two's Kate. Uh, excellent. <laughs> uh, the cameo game is so on point, honestly. Like we're just seeing these establishing shots, and we're seeing so many horror alumni. Yes. Uh, this guy gets his ass kicked a lot. Like he just keeps startling his girlfriend and getting punched in the face. Like that would get pretty old pretty <laughs> yeah. quick. It's amazing. Uh, we get like the classic cop trope where <laughs> Greenbrier is getting pulled away, and she's like, "You don't understand." And the cop's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Uh, the killer is a man of class. He just watches a bunch of bootleg VHS tapes. 
he's got like 40 keys and he's going through like each key to try and open the door that was pretty fun it's like once he kills the guy yeah uh we actually get a little look inside like the killer's like killer cave or like his bat cave or whatever you want to call it like his little desk where he set up and i don't know if you saw in the background but there's a stack of bootleg vhs with like taped on labels that say it's like cujo and friday 13 it's cool yep. uh fucking jennifer banco she's got to pull herself together man she she's having a breakdown that she's getting attacked and she just like breaks right down uh they set kane up to be another bad guy they do the old bait and switch but there's something that I know that I don't know if they know I know. And that's that Apple will never let you use their products for a bad guy in your film. So when Kane's got the two phones down and it kind of like sets him up to be like he's got the burner phone, they're Apple phones. So I know he couldn't have been the bad guy. Nice point. Is that is. true? If you look in movies, they, mm-hmm. uh, they have no problem with you using their products, but they'll never allow you to use it for a bad guy. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, Kane is a big motherfucker. There's no way you're chokeholding him. Ever. So having yeah. having been choked like, by what? Kane, I can tell you, big motherfucker, strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not chokeholding no. that man. Uh, so the killer just like fucking hangs up Jennifer Banco and walks out and just leaves her there hanging. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh. The, the you don't have to yell line. I'm right here. Classic. <clears throat> yeah, about that one. D. Wallace is an absolute fucking actor. She's a treasure. There's no way. Like when she gets startled, if if someone just said action and she did that, I, I I have a hard time believing anyone can produce that kind of emotion. Like I feel like someone must have been there with a jack in the box to scare her. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Uh. The Vincent line, he's a little bit of an asshole. That's pretty funny. That's, that's a good little dig at himself. Yeah, I love the self-deprecating scenario with Vincent. Everything's about he's like sleazy yeah. and shady. He's a little bit of an asshole. Uh, so Corey Feldman's in the movie, but he's not playing Corey. But Corey was in Friday Thirteenth, so this isn't Corey. Okay. Uh, his oh my god, you're such a lucky guy, and he's like doing the. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. How did Vincent think that conversation was going to go? Like, he's going up to Haley, and he's like, uh, oh, yeah, y- your grandma was murdered, but this is what I want to do. And it's like the same thing. It's like, man. Has to yeah, got no chill, buddy. Doing? <laughs> okay. uh, she fucking bald her. She didn't check the knife. And like, Alex <laughs> oh, dude. Unbelievable. That's rough. I, I, is that too I, soon? It might be. It's it's too soon. Crazy. It might be. Uh, so are we putting all of our chips at Chris at this point of being the killer? Like he's built his entire relationship as a lie to get close to her. That's where I was thinking at this point. Mm-hmm. Now I know uh, Adam kind of had it spelled. Did you already know that Vincent was the killer, Tim? When you're watching this? Yeah. Yeah. That's I unfortunate. Did. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and I didn't know didn't, that. Didn't. Didn't Vincent, Vincent did tell me tell and, you, and I, I don't know if Josh was there. I don't think so. Yeah. Obviously, he he doesn't seem to recall. No, I was not but aware. no, v- Vincent did tell us because he told us about. Yeah, because yeah, I knew that going into it that he was yeah. playing the. Didn't ruin it for me though. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. Didn't ruin it at all for me. I, I was no, just I thought wanting it was to see how it played out. Um, 
we get the classic like boomer white guy grandpa his grandkids get dropped off and he picks up the suitcase he's like what do you got in here rocks yeah classics um so we get the text while her boyfriend is asleep so that kind of cancels out the the possibility that the boyfriend is the killer see what the fuck you don't point your gun at your husband like what she's just having a mental breakdown uh really just just don't give these people guns they're just pointing them at everyone d wallace is like gonna shoot somebody she just keeps pointing it at people. What's up with the hundreds of dried peppers on her porch? Is that just a thing they do I think down so. there? In like Texas or wherever New, it was New filmed. Mexico. What is it? New Mexico, no. is it? They just got all these like Chipotle peppers hanging from the rafters. I think that was actually uh, Deborah's uh, house that they used. Oh, was it? What is Deborah doing? She got like a salsa industry she's not telling us about? Deborah's hot sauce? <laughs> Salsa industry. Uh, these actresses are all pretty wealthy. I mean, I, I get it. They only play bit parts in like cheesy horror movies, but but they got some money. Like, get some security, ladies. Like, if you're if you're getting attacked and people are cutting your hair off, hire a security guard. Get some cameras or something. People breaking into your house, chopping your hair off while you're sleeping. Uh, imagine being so useless at your job that your only role is to tell old ladies to just keep their guns loaded, because that's the best case for you. <sighs> uh, she's reading the Book of the Dead for a little bit of light reading. She wakes up, she's got the Book of the Dead. Uh, what the fuck kind of twist is this? D is just a crazy old lady with, like, PTSD. And there's, like, still a solid 20, 25 minutes left. Uh, can't possibly be the way. And then it's photoshopped. Uh, Corey Feldman is hysterical, and I refuse to hear anything other than I that. I love the blood scene. And then, yeah. Oh, it's insane. He paid somebody $200 for a bunch of blood. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, Vincent. So we get the reveal, and uh, Buddy Fish hooks him, like, and then bites him. He fights so dirty. And then we get the uh, double whammy. So we see the second killer, the the scream twist, if you will. Uh, and the trivia scene, I really enjoyed that. I thought that mm. was uh, pretty great. And I think that it would have been really cool if that's how they kind of did all the games. <clears throat> if they like captured them and then did that uh, the trivia game. That would be pretty cool. Uh, the power drill to the brain was pretty gory. Uh, we got a good gush of blood out of that. And uh, we finished off with Greenbrier being an absolute badass. Mm. Those are my notes. Nicely said. Nicely done. Yeah, so there, there, there's one, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, it, it seems like almost like Andrew Lady's character was, was the, the fucking Bermuda Triangle scenario here. There's like the mystery behind his character because we talked about the mask for a second, but there, and, and you mentioned, you know, like couldn't be in the bait and switch and all this kind of shit. And, but I got to ask. What happened to this character? Did anybody pick up on that? I I will say, in, in all honesty, with everything that I remember about this movie, you know, watching it because I watched it last week, I, honest to God, don't know what actually happened to his character. He disappeared. Right? So what's the last scene we see, man? He, he gets the, the mask on and, and then goes, goes to, to bed. bed at D. Wallace's house. And then I don't recall seeing him anymore. 
T. Wallace gets locked up in the loony bin, and he's consoling Green Bauer. He's on the front porch, okay. I believe. And then it cuts to three days later or okay. whatever, and it's just Green Bauer going to the cop shop to so, pick up. So it just seems D. like Wallace. he's out of the picture at this point. He's he's had an exit stage yeah. left at this point. Okay. Okay. He's just sitting at D. Wallace is playing his switch or something. And then... Okay. All right. All right. I changed my mind. I'm looking at this one <clears throat> one poster that they put out. And uh, the mask looks Which pretty dope. Is it the? Uh... It's the it's the one where he's holding the knife and he's kind of looking down. And his eyes are all oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. He's got the hood yeah. up. Yeah okay. <clears throat> it's just a simple thirteen fanboy. Some fans would love you yep. to death. Like it's a simple poster, but the mask looks fucking dope there. Like I wish, I wish it looked like that okay. in a movie. All right. Well, gentlemen. Good conversation so far, but we do have some more information that we need to get through. Is everybody ready for that very particular time of the show that we all look forward to? Where we listen to a man, a myth, and a legend discuss... One man. One man. (laughs) One man today, at this time. One man. Tim Johnson and the amazing... Trivia time. Go ahead, Tim. You didn't. With I Tim. Didn't Tim. Trivia time Tim. with Tim. Um, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of trivia because this is a low budget horror movie that just came out a couple weeks ago. Well, no, it's, it came back. It came out in October. Anyways, all right. Director Deborah Voorhees was previously an actress best known for her role and nude scene in the horror film Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, all the way back from 1985. She left acting not long after and studied journalism in college. She then worked as a journalist for well over a decade at a Texas-based newspaper, the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Next, she taught high school British literature and journalism, but was let let go at two schools after officials discovered that she performed a nude scene in Friday the 13th. Could you imagine? Could you imagine your high school fucking history teacher? If I found out my high school history teacher was fucking deborah voorhees i would have enjoyed school in the bible belt of the south Um, in texas the amount of raging fucking soccer moms would be unreal um soon after she returned to filmmaking which led her to directing this movie writer director brian a medcalf medcalf has been quoted saying that Corey feldman is the only living actor he must work with before he dies. <laughs> Metcalf has called Feldman a national treasure and the Marlon Brando of the 21st wow. century. Okay. <laughs> um, if you weren't aware, several actors in this movie also appeared in a little-known franchise called Friday the 13th. Director Deborah Voorhees also appeared in Friday the 13th the new beginning um among the several actors from friday the 13th 
who played themselves in this movie, two of them play the same named character on Friday. No, wait, let me read that again. I might have to here. Hold on. Hold on a sec, guys. Put on his spectacles. All right. All right. Let me let me let me see this. Among the several actors from Friday who play themselves in this movie, two of them played the same character in Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Lyra Park Lincoln appeared as the Thirteenth character throughout the series, and one the one with the telekinetic powers. And Jennifer Banco also played Tina in that same movie, but younger at the beginning. Also, there's the twins in part four that were also named Tina and Terry. And Deborah Voorhees' character from part five was also Tina. A lot of Tinas. A lot of Tinas. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a secret scene at the end of the movie. I saw that. And it's a blooper. And it's adorable. I've never seen it. Pretty funny. Uh, you didn't stay and watch the credits. These these, uh, these people this put guy. their heart and soul. They work so hard love. on this, and the least you can do is watch their names grow. Hey, by. Fuck off. Yeah. I've had this conversation <laughs> with you several times. What a guy. All right, so this is and that's it for trivia time. Uh, I could probably read you some goofs, though. There's there's probably some oh, goofs. Some no, there's one goof. Let's read that goof. All right. When Jennifer is talking on the phone to Kane, she's not wearing a cardigan cardigan initially the film cuts back to kane but before jennifer finishes her sentence the film cuts back to her wearing a cardigan goof and that my friends was trivia time with tim i'm andy give (laughs) (laughs) thank you you will never talk to me like that again 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 Excellent, excellent. <clears throat> Gentlemen, yeah, it, was, oh it is time to start giving our final thoughts in a review format and give our actual rating for this movie. And tonight, I'm going to start with the amazing, the one, the only, Tam Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so... I was initially pretty hyped for this. Um, all the, all the, all the, the, the press stuff that we did on our channel, just getting to interview, you know, uh, you know, Deborah and Haley and Jennifer. Like it was really cool. We also have talked to Vincent before. Um, it was dope. Um, I was really excited um, going into this, and um, I watched it and I enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it, um, <clears throat> but I just I feel like I feel like my 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 hype made it not as exciting for me. Um, I had fun. Um, this movie definitely had a uh, '80s sensibility because um, they don't make movies like this anymore. Um, and that I commend. Um, like I said earlier, I felt that uh, Haley Greenbauer was like the best thing in this movie. Like she chewed up every scene that she was in. Um, Vincent was dope. Um, it was really cool seeing um, cameos and bit parts of all these other Friday the 13th alumni. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I was hoping for more 
like a lot of the stuff I feel like I've seen before in other movies. And I, 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 and I had nothing wrong with, I had nothing wrong with the majority of the acting. Um, even the gore, like what amount was in it, like was not bad. Like I just, I don't know. I just, I wanted this to be bigger that like as big as it was in my head. Um, and I, 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 the mask kind of took me out of it. Like I said, I just, I kind of, you know, took back that comment earlier because I, I just saw a really cool picture of it, but I just wish that it looked like that in the movie. Um, I, I feel that Deborah did a wonderful job. This movie was definitely uh, oozing love, like love and appreciation for not only the horror community, but like this franchise as a whole. Like there's a lot of like cameos that I wasn't expecting they didn't need to get. And they were in the movie. Um, I'm a little bummed out the fucking Kang got taken out like he did. Yeah. Like, like this is Kane fucking choked Hoga. me and it you know was I mean? that like, rough. How fucking tough is Vincent? <laughs> right? Exactly, right? Um I, I, I in all I had fun watching it. Um I just I don't know, I just I just wish it was Oh, I wish it lived up to the hype that was in my head. Um I I'm going to give it an R. Um, I was very, I was very uh, on the fence about rating it either a PG or an R. Um, but I recommend it because I feel that horror fans should see this movie and support this movie and celebrate this movie because can you imagine if they made like something like this for like Halloween or something for Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like, do you know what I mean? Like I just, it, it, it was a cool idea. Um, I feel like the, the majority of it was executed very well. Um, I'm going to give it an R. I think, I think people should watch this. Um, yeah. It's just, I, I, I had it set up here. And well said, Tim. About there. Well put up. Well said. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it. I just, I, I wish I liked <clears throat> it more. All right. Well said. Josh. Yes, sir. Proceed. Um, I loved it. I'm a huge fan of metaverse horror. Um, like the My Name is Bruce, the fucking uh, Leslie Byrne, the horror story, mm-hmm. the murder story, whatever it was called. Uh, like that kind of stuff I love. Um, anything, any opportunity to, to see all these people in one film is amazing. Uh, the fact that they were able to put this together, basically, like people's just sure willingness to do it. Mm. Uh, if you watch those credits at the beginning, Deborah's name's on a lot of roles. She's director, she's actor, she's editor, she's a director of photography. Like she did a lot of stuff in this film. So it was definitely a passion project. And you can tell, like Tim said, like you, you can see that the love for this franchise. You could just feel Absolutely. the love, man. You just feel it. Um, when we interviewed... Uh, uh, What's her name? Uh, Greenhauser. Greenhauser. Greenbauer. There you go. <laughs> Greenbauer. When, when we interviewed her and she said her character was an MMA fighter, I'm like, what? Okay, I don't know how I feel about that. But I think they executed it pretty well. Like it just shows her in basically like a, a defense class, and that sets her up to to have those skills. Like I was anticipating we're gonna see her in like an octagon 
something like that. It's like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, middle of a horror movie, but I, I think it was well executed. Um, you guys mentioned some issues with the acting. Uh, all the best acting that I saw was people that weren't playing themselves. So Haley. Um, Feldman. <laughs> Feldman. Yeah, that's true. Right? Uh, all, all the people yeah. that were playing characters were hysterical or uh, very well done. And any of the people that kind of fell flat, they're playing a characterized version of themselves. Probably uh, difficult. For what I assume is very little money. It's probably difficult to <laughs> so get in that mindset. they're just having fun. Yeah, okay, you're going to play yourself. But don't but, be yourself. Uh, be stupid. Yeah, uh, you're going to play yourself, but be scaredy cat. You're going to play yourself, but uh, uh, but really ex- exude some masculine energy this time. All right, uh, go. Right? Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed a lot of this film. Uh, the gore was pretty pretty tame. There was a couple big scenes. Like, we, yeah. we got the, the end drill. Uh, the the starts with a pitchfork. Um Everything else was pretty pretty tame. You didn't see a lot. It was dark. It was a lot of stabbing. It was a lot of uh, a lot of just aftershots. After yeah. Of, yeah. So we, we see like the props aftershot. You get the broom handle up through the throat, that kind of thing. Uh, but, you, but you don't see a whole lot of gore. Um, which again, in a film that's we call this low budget, but I'm sure it was a couple million. I, I don't know. It's probably set on IMDb. That, that's low budget by today's standards, I guess. Uh, all in all, I love this. I, I think it's a passion project. I wish more franchises would do it. I wish uh, we, we could see this stuff all the time. And it would become less of a niche. Because uh, I'm sure this uh, this did the the circuits on like some horror franchise uh, like conventions and stuff. But but it never got like a full theatrical release. And th- these kind of films rarely do. And uh, it's unfortunate because I like them a lot. I- I'm going to give this the highest rating we can. I- I'll rate this an X. I-, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I will rewatch this film several times. Uh, I still have some questions that I would love followed up and answered. Uh, I feel like some stuff got left on the editing floor, and uh, that would probably resolve a lot of the issues we have with the storyline of this film. Do you know what? We should reach out to Deborah and interview her for a third time. All right, we got questions about your movie, and we need you to answer them. To answer your question, Josh, $105,507 estimated as a budget for yeah, this Yeah, so that's movie. insane. That, that's, for what they pulled off, you got, you got to give them the full fucking props. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that barely covers your effects. Yeah, true. True. Okay. More well said. More more well said information, Josh. Thank you. Love. Okay. I I really like this movie for many reasons. So I'm gonna admit I had a quick chat with Tim after I seen this movie, and and I I relayed some issues I originally had with this movie. Um, I was in the same mindset as Tim. Like you know, after speaking with Deborah and and jennifer and and haley and and having tim we've done like fucking eight different weirdly recorded episodes with vincent on various things you know what i mean some stuff just never got released but we've had amazing conversations with vincent we know that he is absolutely full heart in as a fucking fan like us and and i love these people and i love the passion that they bring to this and i think i was just like you tim i was so fucking overly hyped you know because one thing that deborah made very clear about this is that this wasn't a fan film this was a film 
this was a feature film that they were doing based on a scenario and she laid it all out for us. So I was just like, go for gold. Um, the, I, I, after talking with Tim, I came to realize that the, the inherent little issues that I had weren't big enough to warrant me shitting on something. That I, that I loved so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the people who put their yep. heart into it, that they, that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yep. it's more so, I think, and this is, this is the realization I came to was, it's because I wanted so much, not necessarily from them, but for them. I wanted so much for them to accomplish so much because they're putting so much into this that I almost became too much of a critic and, you know, my heart shrunk three sizes that day when I was thinking about certain things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, seriously, like, I just... <laughs> but that's not the way that this is meant to be. This movie is love. It's passion. It's it's a story. It's the reality of this story and, and what it's based in is more terrifying than almost any fucking movie that you can put on screen. I mean, picture the stalker scenario. Absolutely. So, you know, Absolutely. you got to give it that. Yeah. And the more that I talked about it and the more that, that, that I, that I ran my thoughts across it with Tim and Tim said, now listen, Adam. And we had that talk. He I literally did, fucking literally did my hands listen, up Adam. and everything. Now I listen, it, Adam. It, it, I, I came to realize that once again, I think my passion for this got the best of me because I really wanted so much for them. If, if I could have donated to them to the point where they wouldn't have had to worry about quality with equipment and, and to, and to do certain things and, and to, and to see them succeed to the point where they put out something such a high quality and had such a good oversight on certain things. than I would have coming back from all this, they did a hell of a job with what they had. They did a hell of a job with what they had. Yeah. The cast hundred and five thousand you gotta give them fucking credit Fuck for you. that it's beautiful like i can only imagine you know what 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 people can do with that much money and and you can see it in this movie so like i said i i step back and i look at this and i say for all that it is it's got the heart it's got the soul it's got the passion it's got the people who made it worth it it's got scares it's got blood it's got guts it's got gore it's got wonderful people you can't shit on this for for anything that i might have went into this going oh i really wish no you can't because it is for all that it's worth a beautiful movie in that way so i am going to give this an r I'm not giving it the absolute highest rating possible. And the only reason for that being is because I did have some gripes that are still valid. Not 100% behind certain things, but they're so minuscule. They're so fucking minuscule. Like Tim, I will recommend this to everybody and anybody. If you are any form of a fucking horror fan, you owe yourself to support this movie, to rent it, to watch it, to buy it. And to, to literally go to Deborah Voorhees, she has her own, for anybody who doesn't know, she has her own horror group on Facebook, Deborah Voorhees Sheer Horror Group. And she fucking interacts with everybody on a daily basis. And she's the sweetest person. You go in there and you tell her, I fucking mm. love the movie. 
give her the props, tell her what you think, because that's what's going to feed the fire. Voorhees Films is looking to do more work, right? They were just waiting for fan, 13 Fanboy to kind of kick off and do their thing and, and see how well everything goes. What do they get for profit? What can they put? You know, they got to make a name for themselves to see if they can get more people investing in more money and everything else. So they're looking at doing more work. And this is the kind of production company that we need to support, just like Womp Stomp Films, right? You know, Vincent in them. Here's somebody who came out and said, I'm going to give the fans what they fucking want and did <laughs> like fucking hundredfold. Did he ever give us what we wanted and needed at the time? You know what I mean? This, this stands in that same, in that same, in that same light to me. This is giving us more of what we want and more of what we need. And this is the kind of thing that I wish and hope succeeds continually. So I will say uh, from all of us here at They Cast from the Coast, Deborah, Vincent, Jennifer, D. Wallace, everybody, everybody involved. Haley, you know, much love from the crew here, period. Um, we will, we will always be there so, to support you and the, and, and, and the, the efforts in which you do. We absolutely fucking love you and we wish nothing but the best. And yes, we'll probably reach out and say, Hey, Deborah, we got questions, but be ready to actually tell us more about what you're doing next time as well. So, uh, you know, we'll share with you if you share with us. So everybody. <laughs> Is that a weird way of saying Well, like, we've been... What is going on no, here? Show me yours and like... I'll show you mine. That feels... Un... I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Suddenly I don't feel uncomfortable, though. I feel really... I, re... I feel okay with this. It's a little this weird. <laughs> All right. So from everybody here at They Cast from the Coast, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning into this live episode of They Cast from the Coast on 13 Fanboy. I'm just... You know what? Round of applause. Round of applause for these beautiful people who put out such a, a, a wonderful experience. So thank you once again for checking us out. Once again, we were live on Twitch and we were live on YouTube. You'll see this episode pop up all over the place here shortly, as well as on all the major podcasting platforms, including but not limited to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, etc. We're also on Patreon. Open up your hearts and your wallets. Get Tim that little bit of caffeine fix that he enjoys and needs. Real nice. Real and until nice. next time, Josh. There's nothing better than Kane Hodder's last breath making a wisecrack about how Jennifer Banco doesn't have to yell at him. He's right there. Like, th this movie was great. It was pretty fun. That was, that was pretty good. And Tim. Stay safe. And All right. Stay until safe. next time, everybody. Keep it creepy. <laughs>